0: The Great Lakes are a place of beauty, mystery, and great history. Welcome back to The Swamp, my friends, and welcome if you're new. Today we're going to be sharing some creepy and allegedly true Great Lakes horror stories. As always, if you have a story that you would like to share in a future episode, be sure to submit your story at swampdweller.net or the email you can find in the description down below. I would love to share your story with everyone here in The Swamp. Now, according to all of these stories, the Great Lakes are not a place of serenity as we thought, but rather a place of horror. Now get ready for some creepy and allegedly true Great Lakes horror stories that'll freak you out tonight. When I was in middle school my family moved into my mom's childhood home to take care of my grandfather. This property was in the woods near Lake Michigan. Everyone refers to it as the valley. I grew up hearing all my aunts, uncles, and cousins' scary stories about growing up in the valley. Once my family moved in, we quickly learned why the valley truly is the most evil place we have ever been. My mom worked the third shift while my dad ran his business out of our garage. One night, I needed to talk to my dad, but he wasn't in the house. Knowing he was probably working in the garage, I checked. Across the yard, I saw all the lights on in the garage and what sounded like the radio blaring. Convinced my dad was in the garage, I walked over there and I decided to leave the safety of the house. I focused on the welcoming light of the garage and began sprinting across the hundred or so feet of pitch darkness. As I entered the garage, I felt relief as I called out to my dad. This relief proved short-lived as I instantly froze and realized something was wrong. Standing in deafening silence, I didn't see my dad anywhere. I heard something that sounded like a radio just moments ago, but now all I could hear was my own panicked breathing. I would not have made the terrifying trip over if I had not listened to that convincing sound. Before my heart had the chance to start beating again, I took off toward the house. What previously took me 30 seconds, I now covered in 10. I was so terrified, I decided it was best to solely focus on the door and getting back inside. As I burst through the door, I found my dad in the living room, looking as if he had been there for hours. Like so many horrifying experiences at that house, I just tried to not overthink it and moved on. It was not until a few years later after I moved out that I would be reminded of this experience. As I've previously mentioned, my family often tells scary stories of the valley, and this is what we found ourselves doing one night. As it became my brother's turn to tell a story, it didn't take long for it to sound very familiar. My brother described the same instance of needing to talk to our father. He saw the lights on, heard the radio blaring in the garage, and was convinced he'd find our dad working there. He ran through the darkness only to discover exactly what I did, nothing. No sounds of the radio, and no dad. It was the next bit that had my blood turning to ice, though. While I tried not to scare myself further and focus solely on the door, my brother did not. As he turned back running towards the house, he made the mistake of scanning his surroundings. He saw the distinct outline of some form on top of the roof, and to his absolute terror, it was not human. What appeared to be the silhouette of some sort of man stood stock still right above the door, and this was the path that he had to use to get into the house. This creature was so dark it contrasted against the surrounding woods. I have no idea how he summoned the courage, but my brother ran like a bat out of hell back to the house and through the door. Once hearing his version of events, I couldn't help but wonder, if I had just looked up when approaching the door, would I have discovered that I was not alone either? My sister, mom, and I started going up to a town around Lake Huron for a few days vacation after my mom and dad split up. It's kind of like a daughters and mother bonding thing now. And a friend tagged along with us this summer. The town was populated with tourists and had a river and tubing canoe marina right in the middle. This marina is where you can rent tubes, canoes, kayaks, and the like. You can go down river with them. The tubes are way slower so you are just floating and keeping up with the river's speed, essentially. We weren't new to the idea of floating down a river, and it was not insanely fun, but it was very relaxing. So we get going. I notice that the river is broader and more extensive, and longer than rivers I've gone down before. Now, if you don't know, basically, we go upriver and go all the way down until it pushes us out into Lake Huron. There were large, steep hills and cliffs on each side, with a road close by for the marina to drop tubers and canoers off. Just floating along, probably about an hour after we started, my sister, friend, and I are holding on to each other's tubes, so we're like a floating pod. My mom is floating a little bit behind us, sleeping probably. We reach this straightaway type area with steep hills on the side of the road. I hear a loud cough coming from the top of a mountain. A loud, fake cough, like a ahem-type cough. Why is someone trying to clear their throat so loudly in the middle of nowhere? All three of us look up and there's a large, hairy man with a giant belly standing naked on top of the hill, rubbing one out and just staring at us. He got our attention soon enough that we spent the suitable amount of time it takes a person to float past this and we got a good look at him. We were all stunned, and my mom somehow heard nothing. When we finally passed, I saw him turn away and go back into the woods and away from the river. I thought I saw him try to come out again further down the river, but he had just missed us going by. It wasn't until we passed him that I told my mom what we saw, and we reported it back to the marina when we got back around two hours later. It still to this day has to be one of the grossest things I've ever seen, and who knows how many unlucky people had to see that sad sight, and who knows if that person did anything worse to people. This might not be a necessarily terrifying story, but it was so strange, and downright creepy and uncomfortable, that I felt like it would be worth sharing. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club! Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. by law. 18+ terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I was in 7th grade and really into music and going to concerts. My dad told me we could see Bad Finger and War at a free show in Toledo, Ohio. As far as I know, they have this concert every year. It's called Party in the Park and takes place at this lovely park right on the banks of Lake Erie. I was a little hippie who wore rose-colored glasses. My favorite band was the Beatles, so of course, I was ecstatic to see a band that had been signed to Apple Records, and I was also psyched to see War, as I Low Lowrider and Spill the Wine. If I recall correctly, Bad Finger was playing one day, and then, a day or two later, War played. I think I also had the opportunity to see Blue Oyster Cult, but I passed. So anyway, I went to Badfinger, I got my picture taken, and an autograph from Joey Molland. So, I was in my 60s music nerd heaven. My dad kept wandering off to get food or beer or speak to people he knew in the crowd. My mom probably would have flipped out if she'd known that my dad was leaving little teen me unattended at a free concert in Toledo, especially on the banks of Lake Erie. A lot of crazy stuff happens here, but I didn't mind a bit because I was feeling like a grown-up and independent. After all, I'd just met an absolute rock star, so obviously, I was okay, and nothing terrible would ever happen the same day something so extraordinary happened, right? It got dark very quickly after the concert, and I really wanted to go home, but my dad kept running into people he knew and chatting with them. He bumped into some guy, and the guy tried to show him his new boat, parked or docked or whatever, right there within sight of the stage at this concert, I was pumped to get on this boat and hang out. Still, there were all these super hot older men, by which I mean two guys who were probably 17 with slightly above average looks, on board. I was shy and clumsy, and I worried I would struggle to get onto the boat without falling over. So I said I'd hang out with inside of the ship and people watch, and my dad was like, cool, whatever, let me on that boat. I was standing there probably cheesing, pondering just how fantastic my day had been, when this guy walked up to me and kind of punctured my happy little cloud. He was almost 7 feet tall, solid, and a little chubby. He looked to be in his late 30s or early 40s and gave me the creeps. I also didn't like him because he looked very much like Mark David Chapman, and as previously stated, I was all about the Beatles at the time. Stephen King met and signed an autograph for Mark David Chapman not too long before MDC shot John Lennon. Stephen King described him as the lights are on, nobody's home, the house is haunted. This guy had that look going for him. At this point in my life, I had never really been approached by strangers, and I just spoke to him like I would have spoken to anybody else. He asked me about the concert, and I happily chattered away, then asked where I was from, who was with me, I pointed out my dad, and then he asked me if I had a boyfriend. At 13 years old, I didn't know yet whether to answer this creepy guy's questions or really much about dating. But when somebody asked me if I had a boyfriend at the time, my answer was always going to be no, obviously. I told him that I didn't have one, and I didn't really want one. You know, I was 13. He started telling me how beautiful I was out of nowhere, and how my face was beautiful, how my body was beautiful, and how I seemed so much more grown up than 13... And all the while, he was looking at me in a way that made me feel like I was going to throw up. I have never been looked at like that by anybody, and never really since. It wasn't one of those looks where like, oh, I'm infatuated with you. It was one of those looks that, ooh, you're my prey. And of course it would have to happen from a gigantic man that could easily overpower me and do whatever he wanted. He started reaching toward me. "'and I kept taking steps back while talking to him "'because I was raised to not be rude. "'I was so afraid and so disgusted "'by how this man was looking at me "'that I was nearly in tears. "'Then out of nowhere, my dad came running up "'and said he had been looking for me "'and we had to leave right away. "'This guy ran away, I mean sprinted. "'He was clearly not up to anything good. "'I saw his eyes when my dad ran up "'and he looked genuinely afraid, "'like a deer caught in the headlights.' My dad is useless about talking about anything complicated. He had a rough childhood that he never really talks about, so he just started chatting all sunshiny about where we were going to eat. I tried to shake off what had just happened and felt so bad, but when we got to the restaurant, I had to go off to the ladies' room and cry. I was too innocent even to be afraid that I might have been kidnapped, murdered, or something else. What was messing with my head the most, though, was how he looked at me. I was so pumped about puberty, which I'd already hit, but the thought of having breasts and all that stuff was fantastic, having hips was excellent, I couldn't, you know, really wait to be an adult. But now, for the first time I'd experienced a feeling of having a female body is almost like a liability. I blamed myself for a while, I felt something about me must be wrong to have made an adult man act like that with me. I know all of that is BS though, but... It was a rotten time for me and it took me a long time to get over it and understand and learn and grow. My dad and I never talked about that ever again, I never told my mom or stepdad either, I pushed it out of my mind and didn't even think about it for a long time afterward. I'm just grateful my dad came and scared that guy off when he did and that he had the decency not to kick that guy's ass right then and there because I would have been mortified to death, which would have been even worse. Because my dad had a light and a cheery demeanor afterward, I could pretend what had just happened wasn't as dangerous as it was. When I was about 16 years old, I got a job as a personal assistant slash cleaning lady for a wealthy couple living in a big, beautiful mansion on Lake Michigan. It was a great job then, but after a while, I had to quit because of everything going on, and I'll tell you exactly what that was. I made $12 an hour as a 16-year-old girl, which was just crazy to me at the time, but now I know it's because the homeowners couldn't get anyone to stay to work for them, but I didn't see them all that much during the school year, so it was fine. I would work 40 hours a week in the summer and part-time while in school, so during the school year I would hardly ever see the homeowners and would be left alone to clean the house. I had a key, alarm, and gate code, so I let myself in and out as I pleased essentially. In the summer months, I had help from a few other employees, but in the school year, it was just me. At first, I loved being in the house alone. Don't get me wrong. The place was gorgeous, right on Lake Michigan, had a beautiful view of it. I'd always open all the curtains to let the sun shine in and blast the surrounding sound speakers while I cleaned. It wasn't until I was alone that I started noticing how weird the place was. Nothing ever felt welcoming about the place. Sure, it was pretty to look at, but it was modern and everything was marble and stone. Not a very homey feeling. My first experience happened when I was cleaning one day in silence. I remember not turning on the music because I had a bad headache that day. Suddenly, the speaker to the upstairs part of the house turned on. The way their speaker system works, you can control it by a touchpad in the kitchen which would play music everywhere besides the basement and main bedroom. To play music in those areas, you must go to the touchpad, turn it on by the control pad, and sync it up with the rest of the house. The reason this was so alarming was because I was the only one there. I walked up the stairs to check what was going on and figure out why the music turned on, seemingly by itself. I looked around and called the homeowner's name, thinking someone had just come in without me noticing, but the doors were still locked and no one was home. I shut off the music and went back downstairs, not thinking too much of it. It started happening more often, though. I'd be listening to music and it would turn off, or it would be off and turn on in a completely different area of the house. I brushed it off as faulty electronics and didn't really think much of it. The second most prevalent story I remember from working there was when I was cleaning the workout room in their basement. I never wanted to go into this room, and I couldn't tell you why something about this room just felt weird. It was super cold and dark, and I felt anxious in that room no matter what time of day. I tried to avoid it at all costs, but my boss would get mad when the dust would build up, so I forced myself to go down there once a week to tidy up. So anyway, I was in the workout room using a broom and mop. I remember sweeping the floor and propping the door open against the machine while I used the mop. Suddenly, The broom fell over, hitting the wall, and the baseboard to the floor as it was fell, causing three distinct knocks. What I heard after scared me so badly I refused to go into that room by myself ever again. Immediately following the knocks made by the broom falling, three knocks responded in the exact pattern the broom fell, but it was coming from inside the wall. I know what you're thinking. It was not an echo. It was not some sort of scared animal. It was knocking deliberate knocking I was utterly alone in a big quiet house in the middle of nowhere on Lake Michigan and someone was knocking back at me from inside the wall to this day I have no explanation for what I experienced lastly this was the first and only time I've ever seen anything paranormal with my two eyes and I know this time it's not me being paranoid or crazy because I was with a coworker who saw it too Sometimes my boss would rent out her guest house, and we would clean it before the guest would arrive. So this guest house has a big glass hallway leading from one main area of the house to another. I was cleaning the house while one of my co-workers, Bob, was standing next to me. Just then, I catch a glimpse of what looked like a boy in a blue shirt running by. I turned my head just as Bob turned his head as well. He asked me if I saw that too, and I said yes. Thank you for sharing my stories. Hopefully everybody enjoyed them. I grew up in the state of Michigan, in a town called Port Austin, right on the Great Lake of Lake Huron. It's a small town, with not much to do besides peruse the small mom-and-pop shops or go to the diner in the center of town and check out some cool classic cars at the show, that is held once a week. Whenever I could, I chose to escape the mundanity and go to my father's cabin in the neighboring city of Grindstone. It was a small community town with nothing but woods and farmland and a nice area for hunting and fishing. Once again, on the shores of Lake Huron. At the time, I was 14 years old and I went up for the weekend with my older brother, a Marine straight out of Iraq, returning home that same weekend from a short hunting trip. My brother was tough as nails, and he wasn't afraid of anything, but that day I would see a side of him I wouldn't soon forget. We took the ATV and headed out to a cornfield with an abandoned farmhouse. To set the scene, we were hunting pheasant in the cornfield that opens up to a clearing, and beyond that is the beautiful Lake Huron. We entered the opposite side, which is smaller, lighter woodsy area, but has a trail where we parked the ATV that leads out to the cornfield. We headed out fairly late sometime around 4pm after fishing earlier that day and hadn't had that much luck, so we were deciding to head back at around 7pm. As we were exploring the abandoned farmhouse, my brother sat down for a cigarette and called me over to the front to check something out. His face was pale, and he choked on his words. He told me to look over there and pointed. I saw a huge wolf about 300 yards in the clearing ahead of me, standing on its hind legs. This thing was massive and covered in thick black fur. I couldn't really see how tall it actually was from the distance, but its legs looked huge and this thing was muscular with an oddly shaped torso and long slender hind legs. My brother told me to grab one of the shotguns. When it heard him, it turned and looked exactly at us, seeming to be leering slightly. It then took a few strides on its hind legs then went down on all fours and darted into the cornfield in the direction of our ATV. It was starting to get dark now. The sky was red, purple, and orange. We decided to enter the cornfield from the farthest end that this wolf went into. I was on flashlight duty so I could see all of our surroundings. While he walked ahead of me with a shotgun the entire time, I felt like I was being watched and I swear I heard nearby rustling and low growls and snarls when we would stop. Eventually, what was a 10 minute walk seemed to take an hour. We made it to the trail where the ATV was parked. I started to calm down now that I could see my surroundings better, and that's when I heard the iconic horror movie cliche of a branch or twig snapping, followed by rustling in the cornfield behind us. I shined the flashlight on a patch of stalks where I thought I heard the movement, and sure enough, I saw a pair of yellow reflective eyes about six feet high through a crack in the cornstalks. My brother yelled at it to F off. Then it let out an eerie howl that sounded like it was right in my ear. My brother fired one shot, hitting the top of the cornstalks, and then told me to hightail it to the ATV and get it started. I started it, and when I felt him jump on the back after me, I punched a throttle and floored it across to the access road and then onto the main road that cuts through the town. I looked behind me once or twice and saw a huge black mass dart across the road quickly from out of the cornfield into the darkness of the woods. We headed back to our house, in town that night, and didn't return until about 12pm the next day to collect our things from the cabin, still unnerved. I had always heard the rumors of the Michigan Dogman, but I always thought it was just an old wives' tale, like the boogeyman that my dad told me to scare me straight as a kid. I thought it was just some state urban legend like the skunk ape of Florida or Chupacabra. Etc. To this day, my brother and I talk about it over some beers, but it was definitely a scary experience for the both of us. I even still go hunting in those parts to this day, but haven't seen anything since, and I hope that I don't see it again. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. Thanks for listening to these creepy and allegedly true Great Lakes horror stories. Like I said in the intro, the Great Lakes are a place of great mystery, amazing history, and downright horrific encounters with all things supernatural and natural. If you enjoyed these stories, be sure to hit that like button as it helps me out a ton. The more likes this episode gets, the more YouTube promotes it in the algorithm, and that's incredibly helpful for the swamp growing. If you're listening to this on apple podcast or spotify please give this a five star rating over there as it really helps me out a ton if you're new to the swamp why not join us hit that subscribe button and turn on notifications to never miss a new episode as i upload them almost every single day on all things natural and supernatural i'd love to know in the comments down below what story was your favorite it helps me pick out better stories in the future And, of course, if you have a story of your own to share, be sure to submit it at SwampDweller.net. I am always looking for brand new scary stories. If you're on the go but don't have YouTube Premium but still want to download and listen to your favorite Swamp Dweller scary stories no matter where you are, you can download them absolutely free from iTunes, from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, iHeartRadio, and just about anywhere else you find your favorite podcast online. If you'd like to support The Swamp outside of that, why not check out the merch store. We've got hoodies, t-shirts, and more. I'd love to see you guys wearing some cool Swamp threads. If you'd like to support The Swamp outside of that, come join me over on Twitch. I stream over there multiple times a week. We play horror games and do all kinds of cool stuff. You can find a link to do so in the description. Thank you guys so much, as always, for supporting The Swamp. I couldn't do this on a daily basis without you guys. Come join me over on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter and I'll see you soon with another creepy episode. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell.